This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You are listening to The City Vent. Proudly sponsored by the Westview Motor Company. Supplying your new and used cars, find us at westviewmotorcompany.co.uk. Good afternoon, welcome to the City Event. Um, I'm Andy, and uh, today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, a lot of you will probably know who he is, and is um, a scorer of one of the most famous goals at Valley Parade. Joined by none other than David Weatherall. How's it going, pal? Yeah, good, thanks, Andy. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, now, just want to sort of like talk through through your career, um, see how you're getting on, see what you've been up to. Um, so you signed for City for a then club record uh, one point four mil from Leeds. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Uh, yeah, and um, managed uh, three hundred and four appearances with uh, eighteen goals for City. How did that move come about? Um. I was obviously at Leeds at the at the time. Um, David O'Leary was manager. I think he'd been there about about a year, um, and it looked like the situation at Leeds was 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 going to change really from a financial perspective. They were just on the verge of spending huge money on on, on transfer fees, and also Jonathan Woodgate had, had just was just coming through and breaking through into the first team. So, you know, the club were really straightforward with me and said that I wasn't going to be going to be first choice and. Really, when it's Jonathan Woodgate and Lucas Rodavid, it's difficult <laughs> to argue with, isn't it? Fair enough, but, yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they they gave me the option of moving on. I think I was I was, um, you know, late late twenties, so I wanted to be playing, and um, yeah, looked around, see what see what the, the, there was any interest, and and I was right on the verge of going to Southampton. Oh, on the on the Friday, I had I had pretty much agreed to go to Southampton. Um, and um, then I just asked for the weekend to think about it. My, my wife was 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 heavily pregnant um, with my, my second child, so we, um, yeah, I said just ask for the weekend to think about it. And then Bradford came in over the weekend, and oh. um, you know spoke to spoke to, to to Paul Jewell, and you know from a, from a family perspective, it obviously worked. And and you know I just I, I liked what Paul had, had to say and, and was excited about about joining the club obviously it was a, it was a really different challenge at Leeds I think I was I was there eight years and we've been top five I think five times something like something like that so we, we were used to most seasons being at the, the other end of the, yeah. the top end of the table if you like you sort of knew coming into Bradford the aim was not it wasn't to qualify for Europe <laughs> it was it was was really you know still be a Premier League team at the start of, of the following season and um yeah, well, that, that first season went all right anyway. It did. It did go all right. You were um, actually the only player in the Premier League to play every single minute of Premier League football that season, which is pretty impressive in fairness. But how, how did that... Because obviously, yeah, you've been with Leeds and you've been fighting at the top of the table. How did you have to change your game then when you were when you had to go to like a team like Bradford that the aim was just to stay up? I don't think personally I had to change anything. Um, really, I just I just think it was um, it, it was almost a, a, um, the approach to to the results on a Saturday after after the game. You know, you, we we knew that 
we weren't going to win every week. We knew that there were some defeats going to going, going to come if we were being realistic about it. Yeah. Um, but one thing we had in that first season, I think we're called Dad's Army in a lot of, in a lot of <laughs> the press. Is you know I, I was getting on at sort of twenty nine, I suppose, being an experienced player at that at that, that time. Um, but a lot of players who were all, a lot older than me. You were one at younger ones, weren't you? Exactly. Yeah. When, when there was a young behold on five in five sides on a Friday morning, I was on the young team at twenty nine. <laughs> um, nah. But it, but what that gave us was it was experience. You know, if we did lose a game, then we wouldn't let that carry over, if you like, into the next game. We, the lot of experience in the team meant we could approach that game fresh and. And you know, one way or another, we just managed to do do enough. But I don't think it was a change, a case of changing my game. Um, you know, I always tried to to help organise the defence, and I think you know, I was I, I got into a good partnership with Andy O'Brien, and you know, it was it, it, it was um, it was a pretty strong area of the team. I think in that first in that first season, we just struck up a really good understanding, got on well off the pitch as well, and um, yeah, he was he was. Um, Probably at the other end of his his career to some of the other guys we've just been talking about. He was one of the young ones in the in in, in the team, but it was um, yeah we our game sort of gelled a little bit I think in in, in the right way and um, yeah just just try to, to to help him along and 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 talk people through I suppose. Yeah, and and it did the job obviously because we we stayed up, didn't we? Um, so like, what was so you've gone from David O'Leary who's a great manager in his own right at Leeds. And I'm going to get crucified for saying Son of Bradford City <laughs> podcast because he was a good manager. Um, and then you're going to work under Paul Jewell. Was there a big difference in the way they both approached the game? or um, I didn't have that much. I think I think David O'Leary was probably a year while, while I was there in, in, in charge. Um and yeah, there, there was a difference. There was a difference in in the clubs, but every manager is different, you know. Even a, even a, the, my managers at that right through my career, there's no no two approach it the same way. Um, so yes, there, there there was a there was a difference, um, but I you know I really enjoyed it at, at Bradford. I have no no I've got to say first and foremost no no. Oh, first of all, there was no hard feelings at Leeds. You know that's yeah. football. That's football, um, and it, and it happens. I had um, a really enjoyable eight eight years there, um, and and became a Premier League footballer in in that time. So there's certainly no hard feelings towards towards Leeds whatsoever. And then you know coming over to Bradford, as I said earlier, it was just totally different. And and Paul's approach was 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 really different. Obviously, this was his first experience of the Premier League, if you like. Yeah, and and he not been managing that long at, at, at Bradford in the in the, in the Championship. So. You know, just a really positive um, atmosphere and feel around the place when I when I first came over that first that first weekend, even before I'd signed. Really impressed with with what Paul had to had to say and how we were going to approach it. And um, you know, it, it showed. He, it, we achieved the goal that season when when most people had, or virtually everybody had ri- had written us off. So you know, Paul was doing a lot of good good things there, getting a good team spirit and, and good organisation and um, getting the most out of what he'd, uh, what he had at his, his disposal. 100%. So so with the squad of players then, who would you say were the the, the live wires within that team that, that, that you had around you? Like, who were the naughty boys? Who were the, who were the guys that knuckled down, worst trainers, things like that? Uh, I think when, when you, when you, Talk about a, a dressing room. When people think, "Oh, it's a it's a good dressing room when everyone's together," there's there's a tendency to think, "Oh, everybody's the same," mm. because everybody likes the same things. We, we they were they were totally different characters in that dressing room, at Bradford. But everybody kind of got on. There was no real cliques, even though there were some really quiet people, and then some people who who you couldn't shut up. You know, I mean, <laughs> Dean, Dean Saunders is a prime example. He, if, if there's a traffic jam when you're on the coach on a five-hour journey on a Friday, it wasn't a problem because Dean would just do a comedy sketch at the back for, for an hour and a half. And, you know, um, but a lot, a lot of characters like that. But I say also, also a lot of quiet people. But, but I think what what pulled everybody together was when you pulled the shirt on a Saturday afternoon. Everybody knew that you, people at the side of you were had, had got your back. 
and there was no questions about about effort whatsoever in that you know in that in that first season and and um, I think that was the sort of spirit that that um, you know got us through um, at, at that time and I think that's what what Paul was really after in that in that first season it's what he, one of the things that he spoke to me about I think in that first weekend was was just you know we, we had to have that have that togetherness and, and spirit because it, it was going to be a choppy journey and um, yeah the first season was a choppy journey. <laughs> got there and then what happened after that was a bit more than choppy well we'll go we'll go into what happened after that <laughs> don't worry um so, so uh let, let, let's fast forward then uh to, to the day liverpool we've got to win to stay up um mm. there's ramifications up and down at the top and the bottom of the league for what happens you're not known for scoring goals and then you come mm. and pull that out i think it was like the 12th minute we were early in the game wasn't it yeah and, and you just come and pull that head out, like run me through it. What were going through your mind? Uh, not a lot after I'd scored it. Well, it was just, I, I think, I think um, as much as anything, it just gave everyone that bit of, bit of belief. We knew it didn't, it didn't matter if um, if Wimbledon won at Southampton anyway. But I think the only thing we could control was what happened at Valley Parade, and, and um, we knew obviously the better result that we could get, the more chance we had of, of, of staying up. So, you know, although although people were probably talking our chances up and, and having that that belief, then um, or saying we got that belief, I think that getting a goal just added to it, and it gave us a that 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 really positive start and something to I say hang on to. But we played pretty well that that, that day as a as, as a team, and it wasn't just a back back to the to the to the wall job. We had a few other opportunities through the game as well, but. Um, I think, yeah, that, that was the, the thought really. Once things had settled down in maybe the 13th or 14th minute and, and the place had got quiet again, then it was just, actually, this, we've got a chance here. This, this, might, this might happen, you know. And um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a long afternoon. I know that <laughs> it was a long afternoon until that final whistle. I'm sure, I'm sure it was for, for people in, in, in the stands as well who, you know, at least we were fortunate out on the pitch. We could, we could affect things, but... Um, just watching the game, it must have felt a long ninety minutes. It, it were a horrible ninety minutes. I I were only I were only what ten eleven at the time, and being in stands for that, even for me being so young, like there was all the excitement, but oh, it it took forever. It took yeah. forever. <laughs> I I preferred that goal scoring in like eighty ninth minute. I think that'd be better for yeah. us. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, did you think then when when that went in, did you think? This is it. We're going to stay up, or are we still a bit umming and ahhing at that point? Do you think? You, you couldn't really think that because you know it wasn't in our hands, and um, you know I think you go back to the weekend weekend before that we came off against Leicester and we'd lost, and um, I seem to remember that that Wimbledon the Wimbledon game was still going on, mm. and. The, the um report that we had was they they were i think they were they were losing and that would have meant that we were fourth bottom going into the last game and we were delighted with that you know <laughs> um but then they scored late on and that meant that it tipped the balance we were in the bottom three going into the last game and in, in a strange way i think that probably worked in our favor that that you know they probably looked at our game on to liverpool who as you alluded to earlier needed to win to get in the champions league and thought bradford have got no chance here yeah. So just you know, subconsciously, it might it might have worked in our in our favour that uh, that they thought Liverpool would 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 do the job for them if you like. But um, yeah, we're just just fortunate. It's one of those things in in, in football. That's why football such a great game. And it just occasionally there's there's a surprise happens and, and it takes everybody by by surprise. And uh, that's the, that's the beauty of the game, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So in that first season, then there was some. Pretty special players in the Premier League, across the Premier League as a division. And there were some of the younger lads coming through. Who were the best player you had to play against during um, that first season? I, th I think they were there in the first season. I can't remember specifically, but I, I always say looking back, I think the combination of Henri and Bergkamp yeah. was, you know, that, that's not bad, is it? That's that's no. not that's not a bad pair. You ain't you ain't gonna lose too many games if you got them as up front for you. Um, no, not so at yeah, all. They were, um, they, they were absolutely super players individually, but also as a partnership. Yeah, I I, I saw um, 
the highlights for City versus Arsenal um, with Omri, Omri's goal. Um, oh. He looked like he was causing all sorts of problems. And um, where he tried chipping it, it looked like it must have been 40 odd yards and it bounced off the bar. So he, he, yeah. he, he was some sort of player, one. He were unreal, in fairness. You can't, you can't really say fairer than that. No, exactly. You try and try and talk Andy O'Brien into marking him, and then I'll, <laughs> but then that leaves me with Bergkamp, which is not a lot better. Yeah. No, nah, no, it's, it, it, it's a rough day at the office either way when you look at it. it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we stayed up and against all the odds, and um, I think we were all shocked at that. Dad's mm. army had just done the impossible. I think it was the lowest points tally in Premier League history of staying up at that time. But we've done it, so happy days. And um, we go into summer and um, we start making all these big name signings and looking forward to the new season. Um, if if you'd have been able to look back in hindsight and gone back on it again and judging how it's all gone for City since staying up that season, do you kind of regret scoring that goal? Um, no, <laughs> no, you, you can't. You can't regret something something like that. That that uh, a lot of the things that happened in the summer were obviously out out of my control. Yeah, uh, when people think of the, the the six weeks of madness, that's totally out of my control. Um, but w- what happened over the course of that season? You know, the, the effort that everybody put in culminated on that final day and people want to talk about that final day and that goal. But this this was about an effort of, you know, 30 people or so over the course of a, of a season in terms of a playing and management staff. And, you know, you, I, there can't be any regrets about, about fulfilling your aims of, of, of that season against the odds. And, and laying a platform and laying the opportunity down there in front of the club to to try and establish themselves in the in, in the in, in the Premier League. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would look back and and obviously statement of the obvious time here would regret what happened in that summer. <laughs> um, but no, not not in terms of scoring that 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 goal. And it's not about that goal actually, because I think we'd have stayed up with a with a with a draw actually in the end. But it's about do, do I regret playing a part in staying up? No chance. No. No, no, no. We, we we all wanted it, but hindsight, obviously. Yeah. Do, do you think things might have been different if we'd have gone down? Well, I, I know exactly where you're coming from with, with the question because you know if if the club went went down, you'd have thought, hopefully keep a keep a squad together, build a little bit still, and maybe maybe even get back up the season after. Who yeah. who knows? And then who knows what would have happened in terms of learning lessons and establishing themselves there. It would have certainly been a different a different future and and for the club. And there has to be some regrets because of what happened. And and you know what happened in the six weeks after we stayed up. To to an extent, the club is still paying the price for that. Hundred percent. I totally agree with you. So like in in the dressing room, obviously six weeks of madness is going on all around you guys. And it's affecting you personally as well. It's not just about the club and the fans. This this is your guys' jobs and livelihoods and everything that it's all going to end up affecting in the future. How in did it affect you you guys in the dressing room too much, or when when it was all happening? Like, did you have any resentment to these massive wages that were being being paid to like Sir Carboni and whatnot? I think, I think there are different aspects to that to that period of time. Num- number one for me, when when people talk about the six weeks of madness, they think of big money signings coming in. The, the biggest mistake the club made was letting Paul Jewell go. I mean, no no doubt about that. That you know, Paul was obviously instrumental in getting in the Premier League in the first place. He was instrumental. He was a leader in in us staying up. That was success. So you know, and I think that that. I spoke to, to to Paul a few times afterwards, and I think that we, we you know, we he, what he would have been looking to do was build up, just build on what we'd, um, what we had in place. Yeah, and 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 it's, this is no disrespect to the signings that were made. There would probably been different players coming into those that were actually signed, because Paul would have looked to have kept the strengths of what we got, and then built on, built built on that. I think 
again, people talk as you did about, about the money side side of things. Yeah. I think the, the the issue with with the players coming in that that did come in, it's not criticism of them. It's, it was too much of a, a a sea change for the whole for the whole squad. We'd stayed up playing one way. Yes, we needed new signings, etc., to improve the quality. But the players that came in, they'd be used to playing a totally different way. I wanted to win games in a totally different way to to Sweden. So you end up having a um, um, a sort of imbalanced imbalanced squad. How were we going to win games? We had a really clear picture in that first season. Okay, we just managed to win enough, but I think in that second season, then we didn't really have that identity, if you like, to say this is how we're gonna gonna win a game over the course of a season. It looks reasonably bright at the start when when you know we we got the result against Chelsea, yeah. um, and there are a number of things that that, that happened as the season goes on that um, yeah we 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 just didn't didn't have enough or enough of a clear plan, if you like, as a uh, as, as, as a squad in the club. No, no. I, I probably tend to agree with you there. The, the players that came in, they weren't real. They didn't seem, from the outside looking in, they didn't seem like the sort of grafters. Sort of, I'm not saying they didn't graft, but hmm. like the, the, the team that stayed up, you all put in 110 every week. You know that you were leaving everything out on field. And without naming names, but you've got these more exotic players that may not be used to digging in so much. Um, so so it kind of affects everything, doesn't it? I think so, some of those players were were used to winning games with total, total football, shall we Shall we say, use that, yeah. use that terminology, whereas that Bradford squad wasn't going to win games that way. And so that, that was... You know, it, it wasn't for me a case of people not not willing to, to work. It was how are you how are you going to do it? You know, they some of the players wanted to win and used to winning by out footballing other teams. Maybe the squad was as a whole wasn't wasn't built for that. And um, yeah, I think I think that was probably the biggest issue that that second season that there wasn't that clear clear strategy, if you like, from from a club as how we're going to go out winning games. No, that's fair enough. So, your your career is so long with us. I mean, you've been through so much with City. Um, so we'll we'll run through quite an injury ravaged season for you, wasn't it? Um, that second it, season, it was, and that, that was that was why I said earlier when most of the things that happened in that summer of madness were out of my control. When when in the Liverpool game. When I when I haven't got a clue how to celebrate properly and I dive after I score, well, I'm, I'm quite happy that the, the camera was quite close in because my shorts came down because I got cycling shorts on. <laughs> my shorts ended up round round my knees, but I, was, I had the cycling shorts on because. I... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. i got a growing problem. And um, we didn't take the right course of action in that in, in that summer. I just rested up, hoping that it would um, right itself. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, by the way. And um, you know, given given me time again, and that's one thing I would change. I would I would have an operation then, get try and get it sorted. Um, but really, all that, the start of that season, I think I played the first dozen games or something. But I was playing injured, and and then um, just as as um, management changed, it, it it went totally. And yeah. um, you know that that was the real start of big injury problems for me, and, and I wasn't right again then for for quite a long time trying to come back he kept breaking down and yeah it's, it's pretty serious serious stuff and and um yeah Mac, Mac, i was at bradford for 12 years and 
yeah, it was it was close at sometimes to be more like three or four because it could have been the uh, the, the end of my, my career. There's a few points where where that that was that was quite close really. So um, yeah, that's one thing I would have changed about the uh, the, the summer of madness there. So so how obviously being on sidelines for so long, how do you deal with that as a player? Because this this is your life, this is your livelihood, and you live for going out on a Saturday afternoon, and mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that's been taken away from you because of this injury or this series of injuries. How do you deal with that to keep your head straight, to to keep fighting, to keep going and pushing? It's it's really difficult. It's it's, it's really difficult for for footballers up and down the country now. Um, yeah. it, it is a, the, 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 the tough a tough time. You know, I, I was fortunate. I think there I was. I'm saying how tough it was when I, I think I signed a five-year contract when I came. So, you know, there's a lot of players who who, who were injured um, coming to the end of their contract, and, and they have the additional worry, if you like, of what 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 is going to come next season. Um, but it, it's it's very difficult when the other players go out to train and and you're off into the gym again yeah. to, to do whatever you can, or you're off for another operation and you don't know where the end of that road is. Um, but you, you know, you're just relying on the physio staff and 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 the other injured players, I suppose, and, and hopefully the ones as well who who are, who are still playing, making you feel part of it. That uh, just just to keep you going and uh, and get through it. But yeah, it's it's, it, it's tough. I can I can imagine Men, mental health as well. It so it obviously wasn't as spoke about um, even 20 years ago. Mm. So so. Did, did you be were you able to confide in any of the stuff at City? Like if if you were having a particular sort of like downtime, or or was it something that you pretty much kept to yourself at that point? Um, you know, I, I didn't. It, it was a worrying time for me. I'm not. I'm not saying I was. I was depressed or anything like that. But it it, it was worrying and, and it was it was frustrating, particularly with the season before. You said you, you know you play every minute of every game and. Really, you see the team struggling out out there on a Saturday afternoon. You just want to be part of it in that second season, but your body won't let you if you like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I was I was disappointed and, and, and frustrated, but I was I was you know fortunate enough that it didn't didn't go beyond that. I suppose. No, that's that's fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I'd have been able to to deal with it. To be fair, you've got to have a bit of a strong mind for that. Um, so we we move on a bit again. Um, so we've gone into administration. Um, am I right in thinking you was the um, PFA rep? Yes, you were. Yeah. Obviously, you've got a very unique sort of like viewpoint on obviously everything that went on between sort of like with in terms of all your. your I don't want to go into it too much, but your pay and all that sort of things. As the sort of rep for for the players, how did you find that? What 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 did that entail as a rep in that sort of situation and circumstance? Yeah, we in in that position, I wasn't um, I wasn't sat around the table around the about the future of the of the very future of the football club. Um, but I would probably be the first one in the dressing room to find out, you know, what what uh, a proposal was 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 going to be and what what that looked like, and then. I suppose there was a few times, and it was up to me to go and and have those conversations in the in, in the dressing room. And um, you know, I think I think that was a time looking back where, again, re really difficult. The club, we, we I remember having a phone call on holiday that that you know you've been you've been sacked, your contract's terminated. So <laughs> you're on the phone to the PMA, PFA. What does that what does that mean? You know, can the can the club do this, etc. But I think at the at the end of it, fortunately, I think we had a a pretty pragmatic group of players who who, who realised that um, that that the club was really struggling, and yeah. you know we might need to do something about it. Now, do something can mean a lot of different things. You know, we went we went a lot of weeks. We're getting no no money at all. And then there was there was a, a fair few people who who didn't get everything that they were owed. I understand. So yeah. so there was quite a few people who who had to take a really pragmatic view of the of, of the situation. And you know, fortunately, we talk about the ongoing problems from the from the 
six weeks of madness that are still are still there, but at least we've got a club still. And 100%. you know, it's easy to forget that in it 20, 20 years on or however it is, but we the club could easily have, have, have gone to the wall at, at, at that point, you know, without without the work of a lot of people. You know, Julian's got to be right up there. Julian Rhodes on on, on that list as, as, as well. Um, you know that what what he did and the work he did and and what their family did and what they they risked, I suppose, with the, with the finances. I'm not across the details of it, but you know he um, he, he he risked a lot. For the, for the for the future of the football club unfortunately we still have a, a football club to go and support we can all get frustrated <laughs> on a saturday when the when the result doesn't quite go away and mansfield equalizing injury time oh. but um, you know at least at least we've got a club there to support no i i, I totally agree with you it, it it is it must have been tough for, for you guys as players um because at the end of the day it's your livelihood it's your job and mm. regardless of whether you're doing what you love it's it's paying the bills and when things start going a bit awry then it's a bit it must be worrying um yeah. when we got relegated from the championship to league one um you had an opportunity to leave and go to coventry but you chose to stay after everything that had gone on why 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 did you feel like you wanted to stay because nobody would have blamed you at all if you'd have gone to coventry would you no, I think there was there was a, a, a few times that I, I could have gone if you like. Coventry was one that made 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 the press. What I what I tended to do was go and have a chat to Julian. Certainly the Coventry one, I remember doing that, and and you know just say say to him, what is is this the best for the football club or uh, you know that that I go or is it or is it not and see what he thought, um, and you know that was. He was involved in that decision-making process with 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 Coventry, and and um, you know I think I think by that time I was I was really heavily invested in the football club with what what had happened. You know, we'd seen the highs obviously in the first season, and then and then the lows of administration. And um, you know, I, I, I had a vein. I didn't want to leave the club in the in in the lurch. Really, I kind of wanted to, if if I could, really try and help the club turn turn the corner. And um, and get going back in the right direction. I don't think that ever really happened. Um, hopefully, people will see not not through not through my efforts or lack of effort. But you know, I think the, the financial implications just kept on um, gnawing away at the at, at, at the football club. So, yeah, that that was that was part of it with 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 the Coventry one that you know I had no great great desire to leave the to to, to leave the club um, at all. And um, and so yeah, on that occasion, decided to, and all other occasions, decided to. That that's fair enough. I mean, one, I've got to say, the one time that I was going to leave was was to um, I failed the medical at Manchester City. Did you? Um, and um, yeah, I was I was going there. A deal had, had been agreed, and again, that conversation, you know, and, and the, the, the a, a good fee was going to be paid. Um. So yeah, I was off there. That was when I think Manchester City were were top of the championship at the time. Um, Kevin Keegan was manager, and um, yeah, I was I, w- I was I was going there. But yeah, the old groin problems flare, flared up, and they they um, weren't willing to willing to take that risk at the time. That's fair enough. Medicals do, have. Have medicals changed much? Of your your career spanned twenty odd years, didn't it? Um, playing, did did the medical process change that much from? Well, even now, I'm sure you've seen medical procedures um, in your current role and whatnot. How how different is it? Well, I think it. it I had a the the, the one. At, Manchester City was was detailed with scans, etc., and and, and um, you know they, they went into a lot of different tests that I had to do. Um, the one when I came to Bradford was less detailed, um, it, it, so I think it probably changed in that in in that period of time. And, and my experience of, of of actual medicals was pretty limited because I didn't change clubs that often, obviously. <laughs> um, 
but um, yeah, the one the one I had at Manchester City was really detailed and really um, um, in depth, and um, yeah, it it found me out actually. The dip, yeah. They didn't fancy the groin. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, this this was uh, I, I, I can't criticise because I think after that I had another another it broke down again, and and I think after that that's when I had to. Um, uh, I think I went abroad. I think it was Denmark from. From, from memory to, to see a specialist out there. And that was the, the turning point for, for me and my fitness. They gave me a, a totally different regime to be, to be following. So that, that's what sorted me out. So I can't, I can't criticize Manchester city at all. They were, they were actually absolutely right. And the, and the, and the medical was right. Well, fair enough. So we, uh, we're getting towards the back end of your playing career in this little journey through. Um, and um, you get asked to, jump in as caretaker manager. What was that like going from being a player and me? I know you're club captain, so you had a sort of you had an air of responsibility within within the dressing room. Mm-hmm. But going from being best mates to being the man in charge, how did you adjust to that? Oh it was, it was totally different. Um the the agreement when I started was I would do three games. Um and we didn't perform badly in those in those three games overall, and, and should have got a lot better results than, than than we did in the first three games. And I think that there was some kind of problem then in in recruiting somebody else, and so I was asked to do it for, for a prolonged period. Um, I should have said no, being being honest with you, because I was I was asked to be player manager. Yeah, and he, he, I, 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 the way I was finding it is, you couldn't really do both. Um, to to do all that we had, we had a a, a very very small um, management team. At the, you know, the, all that I'm on about the backroom in terms of recruitment and and everything else in terms of sports science and preparation. They, they, it was it was minimal. Um, and so there was so much that fell on the manager as, as, in terms of that that responsibility. Um, so going out and trying to source source players, actually going out and watching games, as, as well as doing all the training, as well as um, everything else that comes with, with being a manager, you know, taking phone calls up until midnight, etc. Then it, I should have left it at three games and um, and and you know got just gone back to playing because at that time as well we'd. One of the reasons we were struggling was we'd sold probably the two best attackers in League One at, at that time in Dean Windass and uh, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, and and you know that that played a huge um, role in the team, if you like, being on the slide, which led to Colin Todd leaving, um, and and effectively having me as um, player manager also reduced my effectiveness as a player. I didn't play for the first three games. And then I thought, need to try and, 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 and get back in the team, but just wasn't the, wasn't the same. It, uh, taking on all that responsibility and workload had, it, had, it, it had its effect. So as well as losing Dean and, and, and JJ, effectively lost, lost me as a force, as well as a, as a player for, for, um, for the rest of the season. And I think, yeah, look, looking back then, should have just done it for those three games, and then um, and then left it to to, to, to somebody else. But um, you know, I, I took on took on the challenge. Did um, you enjoy the managerial side, putting the player the player side yeah. to the side? Did you enjoy being the manager? Did you enjoy the the challenge of trying to put a team of players together to go out on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I, I obviously didn't didn't enjoy the runner runner results that we had. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed the, the the coaching and the management, if you like, aspect of it. I, where I think I think looking at at how my career went after that, that that in itself really opened my eyes to what first team management could could be about. Um, I felt in a lot of ways it, I didn't really have a fair crack of the whip there, but it didn't put me off totally. But then 
after I'd finished playing, I was with Stuart for it for a year on the first team staff, and then and then a reshuffle at the club, and I was asked to be academy manager, and and um, and coach the under 18s at the time. And very shortly after starting that, I realised that in terms of the the, the coaching and the, if you like the management of, of of people, that that was where where I wanted to be. That was that was the, the the point, if you like, where the penny dropped for me, and, and thought this this is this is me. I want to be in this youth development environment rather than the first team environment. Um, so yeah, that that was that was the 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 period and the reasoning for uh, for the sort of direction that, that my career took after I uh, after I was a player. Well, yeah, let, let let's keep going in that direction. So you're now the director uh, of youth development at the EFL. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? That, that 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 that's a that's a big step from small Bradford City academy manager to all the way into the AFL's good books. I'm surprised at you, Andy. Bradford small, come on, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, so so yeah, I I was two years in a role as academy manager at, at, at Bradford. Um, I thought we'd done pretty well in that in that two years. Thought we moved the academy on quite a bit, and then uh, um, the um, head of youth development, the FL role, came up, became became vacant, and um, it was we just had a season with Bradford where I think we were we, we were close from a first team. We we're getting relegated to the to the national league, and um, I don't think that. The club would have been able to sustain an academy in the in in, in the national league. It was um, so. I decided to 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 throw my hat into the ring for this role at the EFL. Never thought I'd get it. You know, it was a it was a leading role, and I I, I was quite quite new to the game, but in terms of developing players, and um, yeah, applied and, and was fortunate to, um, to 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 get it. And um, yeah, from from there, almost an in. in an internal restructure, if you like, at the EFL led to being the becoming the director of, of, of youth development. I think six or seven years ago, um, but it's, it's been really challenging. Really, um, we, we've come a long way. It's been pretty pretty rewarding when I look back, but it's taken a hell of a lot. It's been a bit of an effort, is it? Yeah. If I if I thought being a player and a manager was 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 tough, then this this is right up there at times with it. Um, when I, when I first got the role, the whole structure of youth development in this country was was was, was changing. Um, uh, I don't know if it, it, it rings any bells with it, but the elite player performance plan, the new new academy system was was launched just a, 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 getting on for a year after I came into into post. So my first year was about trying to trying to influence and shape and shape that before it started, and then. Um, my role since then really has, has had two two aspects to it. One is um, I manage and lead a team of um, regional managers, so they're based around the country who go into clubs and support those those, those clubs and those academies on a on a day to day basis, helping and advising them on you know things that they might be able to do to improve their academies and and, and um, I was going to say develop better players, but it's not just about that. It's provide a better experience for, for, for everybody that's involved in the system. And then the second aspect to it is, is, is if you like, on a strategic level that work closely, really closely with the Premier League and my equivalent to the, uh, 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 the Premier League and also with the, with the FA to, to help develop and shape the whole academy system and the, and the player development processes we've got in, the, in, in, the, in this country. Um, so it's yeah, it's not been easy. It's not been not been straightforward. Um, been there eleven and a half years, and probably probably done twenty five years working. Eleven and a half years. Working. That's uh, that, that, that's how it is. Are you enjoying it though? That's the question. Well, I think I think looking back, I said it's it's, it's, it's hard work, but but looking back, I, I do think that that the system, the player development system, has, has moved on, and and I think we have a lot of very talented young players now in in, in this country. We've seen success in the in the England national team in terms yeah. of the, you know, the the main team but also in the age group teams you know they've had an unprecedented run of, run, of, run of success so I think we can look forward with a with a lot of confidence to um to success for the England national team move, moving forwards and um 
you know, if I played a small a small part in that, then um, yeah, great. Of course you have. Of course you have. Um, I mean, some of the things that the young, the young, the young lines have been doing over the last few years has been phenomenal. Um, mm. and, and I mean, even looking at City's Academy over the last couple of years, they, they they've been producing talent, and it's be um, there's talent being taken um, up to Premier League clubs. So so whatever sort of like things you're implementing at the AFL to help clubs along is obviously doing something right. In yeah. fairness, and there are different there are different outcomes that count as success for clubs. You know, for mm. some clubs, it's it's all about getting players in there in their first team and that's all that that's all they're really bothered about how can how can the academy help their first team and we had i think the highest number of debuts last season um over the period of time that, that we're able to consider it which is which is about 12 years i think so so the trajectory is there look, is looking really good but then for other clubs it, it's it's about helping to finance the 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 the, the club the system set up so that so that you know bigger clubs um, have access to to to, to talent, uh, and 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 can approach um, players from um, from academies further down the leagues, if you like, and that's success for for you know our, our league one and league two and even some championship clubs is is you know the money that they receive and and, and the add-ons can make a massive difference financially to to the clubs. It was happening in my time, even when I, when I was playing there. You know, we were talking about. The Tom Tom Cleverleys and the Andre Wisdoms of this of this world, and yeah, you know, he talks about um, the money that Ollie McBurney brought into the to the to, to the club, and then I think there's been a, been a, a couple in the last year that have have um, brought a, a, a few quid into the uh, to the coffers for the, for the club. So, you know, it's it's not about trading children at all, but but it's about you know this 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 can be success for for. Um, for an academy and can suit everybody you know it can suit the young lads when they get a, an opportunity at a, a, a bigger club it can suit that bigger club who buys that talent and it can also suit the um the, the, the developing club in the first place 100 percent agree with you so i am aware time is pushing on we've been at this for a little while now i don't want to keep you too long but i do want to talk about um current city um, I'm sure you've been keeping yourself well appraised of everything that's been going on. Um, what did you think when Mark Hughes signed? W- was that a shock to you? Because to me, I was flabbergasted. It came straight out of left field. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that, <laughs> saw that one coming. I don't think. I don't think Ryan Sparks saw it coming, did he? he just, um, he, he, I think he got he got that email that that Mark would be interested and. Um, yeah, normally when a managerial role comes up, I, I, I I'll have a little look who's been linked and maybe who's in the betting. And I don't think Mark, Mark was anywhere, but um, you know, great excitement um, around the place, and right and rightly so. And um, you know, just really hopeful that I think as as we speak now, just outside the playoffs, so just position for a for a, a a push a late season push into uh, into at least the playoffs and uh, and who knows maybe even a, a run for those those top three places but um they do look a, a long way off i think it's been certainly for me it just seems a little bit frustrating as uh, of late uh, you know you just you're just waiting for that run to really start to, to really catapult the, the 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 club up up um a good few places in the yeah. uh, in, in the table, but it, it just seems to a little, little bit of one step forward, one step back at the minute, and you just want to just want to you know two or three results. Hopefully, get Pete, um, get some momentum. New players um, who are coming over the over the window. Hopefully, that get them embedded, and um, and really get some momentum to push on towards the end of the season. They're saying hopefully at least a playoff place. I I I think the goal is at least at the very least playoffs. Um, at the yeah. start of the season, um, we did like our predictions. I said top three based on the signings we'd made, but I think one of his issues is we, we we're struggling to finish a game off. There's there's mm. not enough goals in the side, and um, I think that's a big problem that we didn't really address in the January transfer window. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen who's come in, who's not come in um, or anything. Um, but for, for me personally, I think we're missing 
a, a midfield maestro type player, someone that can affect the game going forward. We've brought in Adam Clayton, who so far looks very, very good and very established at what he does. Mm. Good. But but going forward, I'm I'm just not sure there's there's what we need. We've got that we've got the goal goal winners, but then we need to be able to finish it off, get that second goal. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. No, there's there's a few times in there that, that late goals against have, 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 I'm sure if you had them up cost cost a lot of points. And uh that that could well be the uh the difference. Hopefully, we hopefully it's not come the end of the season, but um yeah, there are, there are, there are a few points down on that. So uh yeah, fingers crossed they'll get on a, a good run very, very soon. I I hope they do. I hope they do. I'm just not sure I can deal with playoffs. Uh Trip down to Wembley is just—it's not good for the heart, is it? Let's be honest. They say it's the best way to get promoted, but there's a lot of stress along that way. Isn't there? I've got nowhere because of it. That's that's where it's all going. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm not going to keep you any longer, Dave. I, I think it's been great speaking to you. It's been a lovely trip down memory lane, and um, it's been a pleasure. Like, like like I said, when. Um, when I watched you against Liverpool, you became ingrained in um, in my mind as a child. As you were one of my heroes as a child, so dream come true for me. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll speak to you soon. I really do appreciate you coming on, and um, good luck with everything you've got going on um, with the youth development. Really appreciate it. Thanks, and it's been I say it's been a pleasure. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.